Hebrews chapter 11. It's amazing though when children sing, you smile for the first time. You, know, you don't smile any other time. Uh, you almost smiled a while ago. I'm wearing new shoes and they're about half size too big. I almost tripped over this uh, uh, carpet a while ago. I don't know if y'all noticed or not. And that would have been really funny. I just, you know, went off into the thing. But, you know, some of y'all are wearing your face out and not smiling. It takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. You ought to get, I'm saying you ought to get married. No, you ought to be like uh, Brother Tyler here. He's just smiling. Another reason he's smiling is that his pastor is recovering. Amen, Brother Austin Gardner. Matter of fact, I know he's recovering because he had his uh, granddaughter, I believe it was, take some dictation about he wasn't quitting, not a time to go on defense, it's time to go on offense, we still need this center for world evangelism, and I said, he's getting better, he's getting better, <laughs> he's getting all fired up about missions again, and so thank the Lord for that, and it's just a miracle, I hope he's watching now, well, he's probably watching his own assistant pastor preach, but, uh, and that's my son-in-law. Our son by grace, he tore me up last weekend on uh, Father's Day, I'll tell you that, with a nice video that he sent me. But um, pray, for the, pray for the church, and pray for Brother Austin especially. He's still very weak, he cannot speak uh, hardly, and he's uh, recovering from several things. Number one, being in the hospital for 30 days, and being on a ventilator for 21 days. That's a lot to recover from. It roasts your throat, and it, uh, it stales your bones. And uh, I don't want to go through it. Do you? Amen. So excuse me for being careful. If you're running a fever, go home. No, not really. All right. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Y'all not smiling yet? I don't know if you smile or not. Just put a smiling face on that mask. That'd be good. Amen. Praise God. We ought to be happy folks. Amen. In the midst of all this junk. And I call it junk because I'm sick of it. Aren't you? Right, how many sick of this stuff? Amen. All right. Well, don't get sick during it. Amen. Or you'll be uh, laid up a long time. And uh, I don't want you to be sick. So take care of yourself. And we're proud of our graduates. I believe uh, Anna graduated Friday night and uh, had a great ceremony. It's the first one I've missed, uh, I think, in their family. But I thought it was outside in the stadium. They had some inside. I don't know why they did that. Uh, sometimes I don't understand these schools. But at least they had a graduation. Amen? And how many, how many are y'all are glad that y'all graduated say amen? Praise God. And how many can remember that? I can't even remember. My mom was 1969 from high school. You know, they, they didn't even have cars back then, did they? Yeah, man, yeah. I drove a Comet, a Comet, a green, rusty Comet. Uh, exhaust came out of the defrost and asphyxiated you. The only good thing about that Comet was the glove compartment came down, hit my date in the knees, and she had to slide over. So I wasn't sanctified then, amen? I wanted her as close as I could get her, amen? But anyway, it was always Connie, too. Praise God, we dated forever. But in Hebrews chapter 11, let's all stand in honor of the Word of God. I got some of you smiling, but I'm not a comedian. I'm a preacher, but you know, if you don't want to smile, that's all right. I don't care. I just want you to listen. And I want to preach my favorite verse in the Hall of Fame of Faith. And that's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22. I'll back up to 20 and 21 about the sovereignty and, of God. And that's exactly what we got to believe during this pandemic, that God knows what he's doing. He's allowed this. And folks, we just need to react good. You know, if there's a 727 jet going to California, you can stand up, fuss, fight. You can uh, fuss at the uh, stewardess. You can do everything you can. Or you can sit down in first class and enjoy. That's obedience. Amen. Plane's still going to get there, but you're not going to enjoy the trip. So we need to stay in the will of God. And I want to tell you something. God will get the job done. And he can get the glory through all this mess, too, if we'll let him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22. Let's preach a while. 
The Bible says, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandments concerning his bones. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you so much for the good singing. And God, thank you, Lord, for the good attendance this morning. Looking forward to the baptism service in just a few minutes. And Lord, I just pray to God that you would uh, uh, bless the little fellow that's getting baptized. God, you'd use him in a mighty way. I believe you've got a, a great purpose for his life as you do all our lives. And God, I pray that he'd stay obedient. And Lord, just stay close to you. And God, fulfill the very will of God for his life. Lord, I thank you, dear God, for um, uh, this opportunity to preach on uh, faith that does not quit. And Lord, I praise you and thank you, God, for f faithful folks. And Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness, most of all. Great is your faithfulness. God, may we be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the book of uh, Genesis is all about uh, Joseph. So I want you to back up, please, to, don't back up, turn over to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Now, when I think about Joseph, I don't think about anything negative. He is the greatest type of Jesus in the Bible. You'll never see anything negative about Joseph. I'm sure he was not perfect because he's human like you and me. But I want to tell you something. He is a perfect type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when you think about him being a son, beloved of the Father, who does that remind you of? Jesus, for God so loved. Uh, he was a shepherd, Psalms 30, uh, Genesis 37. He was a shepherd hated by his brothers. Uh, he was stripped. He was sold. He was hated. He was despised. He was rejected. And he was bruised. Who does that remind you of? And so he's a good, he's a good picture of the son, God, Jesus Christ, the son of God. And then he's a good picture of the servant. He was falsely accused. God was with him. He was tempted, but he did not uh, uh, sin at that point as far as recorded. He was bound. He offered no defense. Two other prisoners were with him. One was lost and one was saved, physically at least. And then he's a great type of the sovereignty of God. Does that bother you? He's a sovereign God. He's all powerful. That's what keeps me going during times like this. I know God's got a plan and I don't want to waste this time. Amen. I want to grow through this. I want to grow and be closer to God when we get out of this. You say, when will that be? I don't know. It could be years. I don't know, but I hope not. But he's sovereign. He, he, he was taken from the dungeon and God had wisdom uh, to put him in rule of a household, Potiphar's household. And then men began to bow to him. Because he had a dream and it was interpreted and he, they gave him a new name. And that, folks, is the sovereign of God, sovereignty of God. He uses, uses the problems uh, for a blessing. He uses the problems for the furtherance of the gospel. And then, of course, he's a tremendous picture of the Savior of the people. They knew him not. That's uh, Genesis 42.8. He was, he was, um, uh, they were guilty of, of his blood. Genesis 42, verse 22. Uh, Joseph wept, Genesis 42, verse 34. And then they showed him grace. He showed them grace. He should have wiped out his brothers, but he showed grace to the very people that sold him out. And folks, that's a picture of what Jesus does for us. Amen. His glory was revealed. His brethren, brethren carried the message and invited them to come. 
and he comforted them instead of killed them, and he forgave them. Let me just sum it up, and I could go on with type after type after type. Jesus is like our, uh, Joseph is like our Lord. He never quit. God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. The Holy Ghost is faithful. Say amen. And we ought to yield to the faithful one. And so, folks, if you want to see a great picture of faithfulness, look at Joseph, but look to Jesus. Amen. So Joseph is a wonderful type, a wonderful picture. So I want to give you several things about what happened to Joseph's life, and he didn't quit. It'll picture the Lord. And I hope it pictures you. There's no place to quit. As Lester Olaf said, there's no place to park. Uh, I hope sometime before I get through this Hebrews 11, we can get the quartet together, men's quartet together, a men's quartet together. We don't have one, but we can get one together. And sing Living by Faith by Lester Olaf. You say, did he write that? He should have. I know he didn't write it, but praise God, he sung it enough. And uh, folks, listen, we need to live by faith. And when we live by faith, we will be faithful like Jesus. So number one, I see that Joseph would not be shackled by the ad adversities. He would not be shackled by the adversities. Look at Genesis 37. You know the story. And uh, they, they threw him in a, a pit. They wanted to kill him because they were jealous of the father's love. In Genesis 37, 1 through 4. But look at verse 5 real quick. I try not to keep you long because we have no nursery and you have to wear those masks and some of you smother. So I try, to, I, try to, I try to preach very brief. I narrow it down to 45 minutes. But anyway, look at verse 5. It says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. He dreamed, he dreamed a dream that he would rule them one day. Now they didn't like that. Those brothers said, hey, we're going to kill him for that. And one of them talked him out of it, and they hated him, and they hurt him. Have you ever wanted to quit because somebody didn't like you? Amen? Have you ever wanted to quit because somebody hurt you? Maybe they said something. Or maybe they actually did hurt you. I want to tell you something, folks. We wouldn't have this Bible, and we wouldn't have this King James Bible if somebody hadn't been willing to be hurt for you. They were martyred for you. It was a bloody trail for you. Folks, they gave their life for, for the gospel. They gave their life during the dark ages as they were sawed asunder and put in prison and, and treated and mistreated so bad by the Catholic Church. I want to tell you something, friend. Thank God for people that didn't quit when they were hurt. They gave their life so we could have this privilege. They gave their life so we could have the freedom we have today. And thank God for the martyrs. That's where the word witness means martyr in the Greek. Folks, there's people that's been hated and hurt and killed for the gospel's sake. There is no place to quit. Don't recant. There's a man burning at the stake, and he began to uh, cry out, Father, forgive me, forgive me. And somebody, uh, I think it was John Huss, said, why are you asking for forgiveness? Because they were burning his daughter at the stake next to him. And for a minute, he said, I don't think it's worth it. And I had to ask God to forgive me. Forgive me for not saying it's worth it. His own daughter smelling the singeing of her flesh, dying at the stake. And folks, he asked forgiveness because he said, I don't think this is worth it. That was a good father. But folks, it was a great martyr. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have died for your privilege to be here this morning. 
Thousands and thousands of people have died for this book to be written. And folks, we ought to appreciate it, and we ought to do more than appreciate it. We ought to not devalue it by not living it. We ought to be faithful to the end. Faithful to God calls us home. Faithful no matter what the circumstances in this world is. Faithful because Jesus is faithful and went all the way to the cross for you. Number two, I see that he was not spoiled by the advantages. Now, if the uh, difficulties can't get you, the blessings will get you. Look at Genesis chapter 39. Look at verses 1 through 5. I used to get so offended when Brother Austin Gardner would uh, preach, and he'd always say this in his early years, and he probably still says it, and it's the truth. He says, you Americans are spoiled. And I wanted to look back at him and says, hey, you're one too, buddy. Praise God, you're American too. And stop uh, canning us Americans. You know, I'd get all ruffled up. and He didn't even know it. He probably knows it now because he's listening. But I want to tell you this, friend, or he will listen, because he ain't got nothing to do but sit there and listen. But uh, he's coming back, thank God, for the answer of prayer. It's a miracle. But I want to tell you something. We are spoiled as a country. We have, Hey, listen, friend, I want to tell you something. If everything was taken away from you, we might appreciate God more. That might be the reason God's allowed us to go through this, is that we might appreciate our freedom and appreciate the, 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 each other and appreciate our health. Say amen. You never really appreciate your health till you lose it. Appreciate our family to you. You never appreciate someone till you lose it. It's too late to send the roses when they're in the casket. It's too, it's too late to send that hug when they're in the casket. We need to appreciate each other now. But I want to tell you something. Sometimes, sometimes our advantages will spoil us. And so he would not be spoiled by the advantages. Say amen. Look at verse 39. In uh, verse 1, it says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and, uh, and Potiphar, the officer of the Pharaoh. Pharaoh was like God to that world. And the captain of the guard in Egypt brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. I want you to underline that. And the Lord was with Joseph. That should be your heart's cry. And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. There it is again. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in the sight. And he served him. And he made him overseer over the house. And all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in the house. And over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not all he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Now folks, you look at this. Folks, we need to realize that we can be spoiled by our advantages. How many admit you've been, you've been spoiled? Raise your hand. Amen. If you're only a child, you definitely have. Amen. If you're a grandchild, you are being spoiled. Say amen. That's our job. Praise God. We do it good. Amen. We can do it. We do it. It's not free, but we'll spoil you. Just get around Mimi sometimes. She'll spoil you rotten. And I want to tell you something, folks, but we can let the advantages and the blessings get in the way. And folks, sometimes our liberty can get in the way. And our, our freedom to do what we want to do. Folks, we ought to consider others. We ought to consider what God wants. We ought to consider what God, best for God. And folks, pride cometh before fall and a haughty spirit. 
And folks, listen, pride is subtle. Pride's the original sin, by the way, in Genesis. Yea, hath God said. And he said, you can be your own God, Eve. And folks, I want to tell you something. Pride started the fall, and it always has been. The middle letter of sin is I. The middle letter of pride is I. And it'll give you a ride that you don't want down. And folks, we need to th thank God for every blessing. It's a sacred trust. Your health, your strength. I'm 69 years old. I feel like I'm 49. Amen. Now tomorrow I probably can't get up. This week I've been able to preach till 11 o'clock at night every night because I've been doing a Zoom uh, family conference all the way to Vancouver and even reached to the Philippines. And I thought, my goodness, this is an opportunity. And 35 or 40 people get on the air and they'd all start waving and shouting and praising God after I was after I taught like it was something special. But it was, it was the word of God, say amen. And they said, thank you for helping our family. And folks, that's amazing technology, but we don't need to take advantage of our technology. We just need to use it, thank God. We don't need to let it pervert us or corrupt us. We need to use it for the glory of God. It's a sacred trust every blessing. Let me repeat that. It's a sacred trust for every blessing. Amen. You got hair on your head, comb it. You got, a, you got teeth in your mouth, smile it. Brush it. Praise God. You got money in your pocket, use it for God's glory. You got a car, pick up people for Jesus. Say amen. You got a job, use it for God's glory. Don't complain and whine and pout like a bunch of little babies. Folks, we ought to rejoice in the Lord for all his blessings and all that he's done and all that he's going to do. But sometimes blessings can spoil us. And blessings can keep it. And then when God takes them away, we become powders instead of shouters. Oh, Lord, why are you doing that? You know, folks, it's like the, the fellow one time that handed out $10 bills for, for 32 years straight. And then he didn't hand it out and they all griped at him. Well, what about the 32 years? I use that as an illustration sometimes when a 32-year-old dies. We don't want to pout because the person died. We ought to thank God for the 32 years God gave him. Amen. But sometimes we're so, oh, Lord, why did you do that? Well, he didn't, he didn't, you didn't deserve to be born or born again. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to bless you to be a blessing. And so, number one, he would not be shackled by his adversities. And he would not be spoiled by the advantages. But I want you to see, third of all, he would not be subdued, subdued by the attractions. Now, here's the devil, verse 7. And it came to pass... It always comes to pass. The devil don't like you to be blessed. He don't like the good hand of God to be upon you. And he didn't like that uh, Joseph was being blessed uh, in Egypt, even in the household of Potiphar. And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. Uh-oh. And she said, lie with me. And that wasn't to take a nap either. Look at verse 8. And he refused. And he said unto the master's wife, listen now, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with, is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. You know what Joseph said? God's trusted me with this privilege. Look at verse 9. There is none greater in this house than I. Uh, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 
Oh, friend, look at verse 10. It says, And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about the time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, there was none of the men of the house there with them. And she caught him by the garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Oh, folks, he would not be subdued by the attractions. Don't forfeit your testimony for sin for a season. Let me just say this. Don't forfeit your marriage for the fantasy of an affair. Don't forfeit your family for the fantasy of an affair. Sin is relentless. Look at verse 10. It said day by day. That's the first mention of day by day in the Bible. And there's seven times that, that day by day is mentioned to show you how to stay in the will of God. And one way to stay in the will of God is resist the devil day by day. Put up guards of protection. Abstain from the appearance of evil. Make no provision for the flesh. Don't take each other for granted. Have a wonderful affair in your marriage. Say amen. Praise God. I told the, those couples that I'm quitting on Thursday night so we can have a date night on Friday. I was really tired, and it's at 10 o'clock at night, every night, and they want me to go an hour and a half. I went an hour. That's all I went, an hour. I'm a wimp, I know. And they said, we don't want no date night. We'll do that third Saturday. We want you to continue on Friday. And I said, glory to God. Amen. And I, I hope they don't call me back and say, hey, how about next week from 10 to 11 o'clock? Amen. They, they soaked it up. But I tell you what, folks, the flesh is weak. The fl flesh is wretched. The flesh, flesh is wicked. And if you don't believe it, look at Romans chapter 7. And Paul said, I don't want to do it, and I end up doing it. Oh, wretched man that I am. And he said, ah, 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 ah. And he got out of Romans 7, and then it was the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, and Romans 8. Thank God. You got to get out of that I-ism. You got to get in the Spirit. And so, folks, the flesh is weak. It's wretched. And thank God he used tennis shoes sanctification in verse 12. Look at it. He said he got up and fled. Now, it takes more courage to run from temptation than it does to give into it. Anybody can go down the whirlpool of sin. Anybody can go down the stream and down the drain. Anybody can jump in quicksand. That don't take much character. But I'll tell you what takes character. And I will tell you what takes Christ. And I want to tell you what takes the fullness of the Spirit of God. Saying no. And going the holy route. And taking the high road. And having a great marriage. And not having to have some stinking affair on the side. Amen. Folks, listen. The devil knows that the sin that so easily besets you. And a lot of men, they're weak in the physical area. That's right. That's why Proverbs 15, or Proverbs 5, verse 15 says, keep the water fresh at home. Amen. Keep the water uh, fresh in, the, in your own system, your own well. And so, folks, he would not be subdued by the attractions, thirdly. And then fourthly, I want you to see this. Uh, and and, and uh, he would not be shocked by the accusations. It would not be shot, but let me go back just a second. The devil knows exactly what will beset you. And once you give into it, he, he, can, he can take that uh, compromise and literally destroy your life. I'll never forget uh, one time uh, I heard uh, Dr. Phil Kidd preach a message on the flesh. After he got through all the uh, junk that he did up there, 
most controversial evangelist in the world. I think you ought to be the most compassionate evangelist in the world. So, amen. Uh, he, he had a great le uh, me message on the flesh. It was wretched, it was weak, and it was wicked. I'll never forget it. But he used this illustration. He said he had a preacher friend that had a pit bulldog, and the pit bulldog was a sissy because that pit bulldog would play with ducks. Can you believe that? I believe I, got a cra I inherited a crazy uh, black lab, and I think he'd play with ducks. Amen? I think he's going to lick somebody to death if they ever, if they ever break in on us. Amen? He's the friendliest dog I've ever inherited. Uh, I'm adopting him, amen? And if y'all are interested, I'll share him. But I'll just say this, um, uh, and I love dogs. I'm just kidding. I love animals. I really do. But um, one day he came home, and under the clothesline where the bull, pit bulldog was tied to, there was shredded duck all over the yard. And uh, that dog had snapped the chain, and they had to hide in the car because he was after them. And I want to tell you what happened. One day, one day, that pit bull was playing with those ducks and accidentally got a taste of blood. And he became vicious. Folks, I want to tell you something. You don't have to taste sin. But if you do, it's a trap. It's vicious. The flesh is weak. The flesh is wretched. The flesh is, is, is very wicked. And folks, we need to abstain from even the appearance of evil. And we need to realize that the devil's trying to subdue us. He's, 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 trying, to, he's trying to get us with the most, uh, you know, that was very attractive to Joseph. The head of the house's wife wants me. She's attracted to me, an old slave. Uh, just a steward of the home. And folks, he would not be spoiled by the advantages. And folks, we need to realize, don't lose the wonder of it all. The advantage you have is you got Christ. You're saved. And then um, um, next, we need to see that he was not shattered by their amnesia. He was not shattered by their amnesia. And that's in, in chapter, uh, well, I guess, I, I, guess, I guess we need to go back to he, there was not, he was not shocked by their accusations. He was not shocked by the accusations. Um, she accused him of trying to seduce her, to rape her, to take advantage of her. It was nothing but a bold-faced lie. And folks, I want to tell you something. The devil's the accuser of the brethren. Don't be shocked when the devil accuses you of something you didn't do. We have, ever, have you ever wanted to quit because of someone said something that wasn't true? Maybe they accused you of not being sincere. Well, verses 13 through 23, we see the picture uh, that um, they threw him in the jail. And we see that they, 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 they believed the lie of Potiphar's wife. And he was placed in prison. But in verse 23 of chapter 39, it says this, And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Even in jail, he began to prosper. They probably put him as one of those walk-around guys, you know. They could do anything they wanted to. And folks, he was not shocked by their accusations. He was not subdued by the attractions, thirdly, but fourthly, he was not shocked by their accusation, and then he was not shattered by their amnesia. Because when he got in jail, God sent him there for a reason. 
And I want you to look at uh, chapter, chapter 40, verse 14. The Bible says this. It says, but, but think on me when you shall well, be well with thee, and show kindness, and I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of the house. He's talking to a butler, and he's talking to the uh, candlestick maker. No, he's talking to the uh, baker. And look at this in verse 15. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing. I'm in jail for a false accusation that they should put me into the dungeon. And then look at verse 23. Here's the end of the story. Yet did, they, did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Now folks, have you ever wanted to quit because somebody forgot you? I mean, somebody just really did not appreciate you. And you didn't get the applause of man when you ought to be living for the applause of God. But I want to tell you something. It's all right to encourage other people. It's all right to remember other people. It's all right to, uh, to honor other people that have been faithful. But I want to tell you something, friend. Have you ever wanted to quit because of what somebody said? I have. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt you. I'm going to tell you something. Words will hurt you. They'll hurt you deeply. That's why we shouldn't say words against people because it might come back to you one day. And I want to tell you something. He would not be shocked by the accusation, but he would not be shattered by their amnesia. Folks, he helped that, that um, butler go free. The, and the baker, he prophesied, would die, and he did. And folks, he would not be shattered when he was forgotten. And then last, next to last but not least, I see that he would not be saddened by the arrangements. He would not be saddened by the arrangements. Turn to Genesis chapter 45. Genesis 45. I've covered the whole life of Joseph in 25 minutes. So give me 10 more, okay? Genesis 45, verse 5 through 8. You know the story. His uh, brothers now are coming back to him for food. He's, he, saw, he had the dream and knew there was going to be some years of famine, so he stored it up and became the uh, secretary of agriculture, uh, and he was also the vice pharaoh, and he was a powerful man. And now these same brothers that sold him out, they're going to have to come face the music and face the, the prime minister, the prisoner that became the prime minister. You talk about the providence of God, here it is. And look at Genesis 45, verse 5. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. He's comforting his brothers. Most people would have shot him, hung him. He said, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. What an outlook. Look at verse 7. And God sent me before you to preserve you a prosperity in the earth and to save your lives by the great deliverance. Look at verse 8. You with me? Genesis 45. And it says, And now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to the Pharaoh, and a lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Thank God, thank God, God did not send me here but to do one thing, and that's to preserve life, and to preserve your life. God ultimately works all things together to make us more like Jesus. And folks, don't fall apart. Fall in the arms of God. Don't try to figure it out. Faith does not quit. 
Faith trusts God when we can't see the way. Faith believes God no matter what because we know. Look at Romans 8, 28. And you know it by heart, but you ought to look at it every time a preacher preaches it. And let's don't leave out verse 29. Romans 8, 28 and 29. Real quick, we'll go. We'll go to the baptism service, amen? We'll go to the river if you want to, amen? But look at Romans 8, 28. Look at this. Now, this is fine. It's running water. It runs, in, runs in, out the spout and down the drain. That's running water, amen? One guy said, I want to be baptized in running water. I ain't getting baptized in no tank. I said, well, it goes in and it comes out. It's running water, fella. Amen. All these people want to be baptized in the river. That's okay. I'll baptize you. One time I baptized a guy in Holly Creek and we both froze to death. It was in February. That was dumb. But anyway, look at, look at this. He would not be shattered by the amnesia, but he would not be saddened by the arrangements because God arranges trouble. God allows trouble. Folks, I want to tell you something. Tribulation ought to work with patience and patience, hope, and hope maketh no man ashamed. And the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. But Romans 8, 28 says this, For we know, it didn't say we feel. I don't feel good during this time, do you? I don't feel good at all about it. I ain't, but I can't go by my feelings or I just go home and pout. Look at this. It said, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what that's saying? All things work together to make you more like Jesus. Verse 29 has nothing to do with salvation. It has everything to do with sanctification. When you get saved, God predestined, foreordains you to be like him. And he uses whatever it takes for your will to break. He uses whatever it takes for you to be more like Jesus. He uses whatever it'll take for you to get a greater vision of God. That's our theme this year. Can you believe how God's having us get a greater vision of him? Good night. It's through some dark clouds, isn't it? But God works it all together. Look at the word together. You ought to circle that. God doesn't work it independently. God works it together. Individually, it was not pleasant to be falsely accused by a lady that, that he was trying to serve. It was not pleasant to be in jail. And it definitely wasn't pleasant to be a friend and a help to the, to the uh, butler. And then he gets out. And he forgets him. But then he remembered just in time for him to show up and become the prime minister of the whole place. All things work together. One time a preacher told the story, and, and um, y'all have heard it 17,280 times, but there's one person here who's never heard this illustration, and I'm telling it for you. And it might be somebody on the air that never heard me preach, so I'm telling it for them. So act like you hadn't heard it, Brother Howard. Amen. But anyway, man preaching. And this guy down at the altar, and he started shaking his head like he was choking. And he said, I hate flour. And everybody moved over to the other side because they thought he was some kind of nut. You would too. And then he went, Lord. And he started crying. I hate lard. Now today we'd say, I hate shortening. 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 Yeah, that's right. Then he burned like he was choking again. He said, I hate baking soda. And then he said, Lord, like he was choking and crying. Wonderful prayer. He said, I hate buttermilk. 
I hate buttermilk too. My daddy used to eat it with cornbread in it. Anything clavers, I ain't eating nothing in it. Amen? Buttermilk. I sure love buttermilk homemade biscuits. And see, God takes all the hurt, the lard of our life, the flour of our life, the baking soda of our life, the pinch of salt in our life. What else is in the biscuits? The, the buttermilk in our lives. And he puts it together in the hands of a master shelf like my wife. And I sure love cat head homemade biscuits. Say, man, if you don't believe it, this suit hadn't buttoned in three months. I love homemade biscuits. I can eat four of them at a time. Then I'll take one for dessert and cut it in half and put butter on it and sorghum syrup. No, jelly. I don't put that sorghum syrup stuff on it. My wife puts honey on it because she's diabetic. That's her choice. But I love when God mixes everything together or puts it all together. And I sure love homemade biscuits. But individually, I don't like lard. Individually, I don't like flour. Individually, I don't like baking soda. I don't like buttermilk. But praise God, I like it when God works it together. And folks, listen to me. You should not be saddened by the arrangements. You should not be saddened by all that's happening. You ought to realize by faith that there's no place to quit. By faith, there's no place to, to give up, get mad, get ornery, get sad. But go on for God. Go on for God saying, Lord, you're going to work this together in my life because I'm going to believe God going to work it together to make me more like Jesus. Oh, folks, listen. Sometimes troubles for chastening. Hebrews 12, 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he scourged and chastened every son he receiveth. And sometimes it's for a change. God works miracles. How many believe in miracles? If you don't believe it, go down to Cummins and ask uh, the doctors about the miracle in Brother Austin Gardner's life. They said they gave him no hope for getting out of that emergency room. Right, brother? No hope to get out. They said, hey, he is going to die. They prepared Miss Betty for death. Said he ain't going to make it. He's gone. He's dead. And people from 168 different countries prayed for him. And you know what those, you know what those uh, doctors and nurses said when he's walked out or he rode out of there in that wheelchair, they said, this is nothing less than a miracle and an answer to prayer. To God be the glory. But sometimes it's not God's will for you to be healed. And sometimes it's for a change. Sometimes it's for chastening. Sometimes it's for conditioning. You know, God ought to make us stronger through this. We ought to have more compassion, more care, more love, especially for the sick. Praise God. I never wanted to visit in a hospital so much in my life. Miss Rose is up there right now going home today, right? Y'all might as well be here because you can't go up there. It's a sad day, and you can't be with your wife, Brother Rock, and your mama. She's going home today. That's good. But I want to tell you something, friend. God can use all this together for his glory and his honor, and sometimes it's for condition to make us stronger, a more loving husband, a better daughter. But it's always. Put this down now, number four. It's the fourth C, chastening, change, conditioning. That's sometimes but it's always for conforming. Always for conforming. You know why you're having trouble? It's always for conforming. You know why you're going through all this junk, sickness, pandemic, panic, 
violence in the streets, all this junk going on in the name of liberty, which is nothing but violence, make you more like Jesus. That's the whole reason we're allowed to go through all this, to make us more like Jesus. I close. But no, no, let me give you one more verse. Genesis 50, 20. Genesis 50, 20. It summarizes chapter 45. We got time. It's only 12.03. Praise God. It won't take me 10 minutes to baptize my little buddy. But look at the Genesis chapter 50. I want you to look at verse 20. The Bible says the brethren came back in verse 15 and said, Preventure, he's going to hate us. And he's going to require our evil, verse 15. He said, In other words, we're going to go, we're going back there because he's now ruler of this place. And he's going to kill us. But look at Joseph's attitude, verse 17. So shall he say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil. We're in verse 17, Genesis 50. You with me? And it says, And now we pray thee, forgive the trespasses of, thy, of the servants of, of God, of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. We don't want to be your brother anymore. We want to be your slave. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not. For I am in the place of God. Look at verse 20. They better be glad he was in the place of God and not in the place of the Pharaoh. And he says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it into good to bring to pass it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you. Isn't that just like God to nourish his enemies? And, and, and your little ones, I'll take care of your family. And be comforted, and, and, and he comforted them, and he spake kindly unto them. I love verse 20 where it said, Ye thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Amen. Thank God. Sometimes people try to get mean and mad and do you the best favor in the world, because then you know who's on your side. <laughs> Amen. That's right. And I will say this, I will say it very kindly, but very bluntly. Don't quit. Faith does not quit. When you go through times of adversities, because you should not be saddened by his arrangement. God has allowed this for you to be more like him. Now let's go back to our text and I close. Hebrews 11.22, that's where we started, wasn't it? And I'll get, make one sentence and we'll close. It says, by faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the, of the parting of the children of Israel and gave commandments concerning his bones. Last but not least, he would not be stopped by the absence, by his absence. He would not be stopped by his absence. Folks, his death didn't even stop him. He made commandments that he belonged to God that his bones were not going to be buried in this heathen country. He said, hey, dig them up and take them over. Uh, take them over and bury them uh, in the promised land. And folks, he gave, he gave commandments about his bones. And I want to say this. The Bible says that, we're, that Christ should be magnified whether by life or by death. 
The Bible says in Revelation 14, 13, that um, we're, we're to be resting in him. And we're blessed. Blessed are they that die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit. They shall rest from their labors. And their works do follow them. Folks, death will not stop you. Because when you die, your testimony lives on. Especially through your children and your grandchildren. That's why it's so precious today. Faith lives on. And a faithful testimony that you did not quit and that you were faithful to God was finished with you lives on and on and on. I don't know how many more years I got left. But I hope that sometime, somewhere down the line, all you young people, you would think about your old pastor that he didn't quit. He didn't even quit during the pandemic when he was really thinking about it because he's so sad. The devil was trying to attack that he kept on being faithful and his testimony would live on. He lived by faith. Let me just sum up this whole message. Faith does not quit. And faith is faithful. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the attention. I know it's a long time for these little ones. and Thank you, dear God, for them being with us here in the service. Praise you and thank you, God, for these families have been blessed with um, their little ones being saved and want to be faithful and be obedient. And so, Lord, help us, dear God, to take this message to heart and realize that real faith does not quit. We might have to rest. We might have to come apart. We might have to, we might have to uh, uh, Lord, uh, ask for prayer and and be still and know that you're God and wait on you. But Lord, faith does not quit. And so Lord, help us to be faithful. Help those listening by the way of internet to be faithful. God, help us to be faithful. Help all of us to be faithful one to another. And encouragement and strengthen each other. Lord, help us, Lord, to be like you. And when people hurt us, we just say, hey, I'm in the place of God. And I'm not that important to be hurt. You're hurting the one I represent, and I'm just going to be like Jesus and forgive like Joseph forgave. Lord, thank you for the wonderful picture of Jesus in the life of Joseph. And thank you most important of all for the picture of faithfulness. He just didn't quit. And Lord, thank you. You just didn't quit. You went all the way to Calvary for our sin. And I thank you, Lord, for taking our place overcoming death, hell, and the grave because you loved us. And now we can go to heaven because of your finished, faithful work on the cross of Calvary of offering yourself as our sin bearer, our sin substitute. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let me give you this invitation, please. Have me say, preacher, without a doubt, I know. I know that I'm saved. I know without a doubt that somebody brought the gospel to me and I know if I died today, I'd go to heaven and I'm so thankful that I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that? All over this auditorium. Amen. I'm glad you're saved. Say amen. Now, several could not raise your hand. Let me just give you this fact. If you're saved, even trouble can work for you. If you're lost, you're in trouble because you're going to hell. That's what the Bible says. 83 times the Bible mentions hell. And if hell's not a real place, the Bible is false. Thirteen times Jesus preached on hell in the New Testament. 
called on hell. It's a real place. And so if you're not saved, you're in trouble. But Jesus took your sin debt, took your place. That's the greatest news you'll ever hear. You can be saved today. Trust Him as your personal Savior. And how many say, Preacher, I could not raise my hand that I'm saved. But I sure would like to be, and I want you to pray for me that I would turn my life over to Jesus before it's too late because I want to go to heaven and not hell. And I want to have some heavenly peace, joy, and purpose on this earth before I get there. So, Preacher, you'd say, I'm not saved, but I'd, I'd like you to pray for me to be saved. Would you slip your hand up real high and then back down? Nobody's looking. We won't come to you. We won't embarrass you. I want to do the most I can do for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone? Anyone? I want to pray for you. Think enough of your own soul. Ask God to save you one day. Jesus took your place. He loved you so much, He took your sin down. He took your hell. He took your death. He took the wage of sin. Have me say, Preacher, I'm saved. But I need more faith because I have really been tempted to quit. Through the trials and tribulation, I have totally been de devastated. And I just feel like sometimes quitting. And we all do. But by faith, I need to go on. And I want God to give me more faith that I might be faithful. That's your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up real high, Christian, that you'd like to have more faith? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for responding to this message. I preach for application. I mean, put it in your life. Anyone else? Just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I sure need more faith because I don't want to quit. I'll be faithful. Amen. Let's see those hands. Father, thank you for the message. Use it for your glory and help us to be faithful until you call us home or until the rapture takes place. We'll thank you in Jesus' name.